Welcome to episode 12 of Husker Sports Weekly, your soon-to-be number one source for all things Husker Sports. And this is one exciting episode for sure. The Big Ten released the football schedule for all 14 teams last Saturday. And we are here to dive right into Nebraska's 2020 football schedule. And we will highlight other big games with possible college football playoff implications around the conference, as well as some news surrounding Nebraska ball later this year, as well as volleyball. But before we get into that, you should know who you're listening to when you're listening to a podcast. My name is Connor Clark, along with the Grant Hansen today in the studio for the second episode in a row. Thank you for being here, Mr. Hansen. Yes, it's fantastic. It's great to be back. It's fantastic. So we got we got a lot to cover in this episode. Uh, I know you sent me this tweet earlier today, so we're going to kick it right off with some Nebraska basketball news. John Rothstein tweeted earlier today, uh, and I will read the tweet word by word, quote, Sources, Nebraska will not be a part of the Myrtle Beach Invitational in Orlando and will instead host its own bubble in Lincoln during the first week of the season. Several power conference, conference teams are expected to be included. End of the tweet. Now, this is not confirmed confirmed, but it there have been multiple reports about Nebraska being a part of what could be a 16-team tournament here in Lincoln uh, that would include some pretty good teams I've been hearing, lots of Power 5 or, I guess, Power 6 conference teams for NCAA basketball. So that could be really interesting to have a college basketball bubble in Lincoln. Yeah, I know. You know, to me, it is uh, <laughs> another example of uh, why I like Bill Moose. You know, Bill Moose out here making money moves uh, and, and taking, you know, he, he really so far has dialed things up to the next level while uh, holding on to some of the, you know, the good traditional parts of, of Husker athletics. Uh, and so... You know, when you look at this, I, there's a lot of positives to be found here. Obviously, you would assume, uh, based off of the NCAA start date being late in late November uh, and having those two months off, that you can really look at putting this bubble into place here in Lincoln uh, while the students are away from campus. And you can really just focus on the athletes. Uh, you know, whether that means, I don't, I don't know, would they involve university housing for, for keeping everybody uh, there? Or... You know, if if it's not university housing, obviously you're looking at hotels around the Lincoln area, uh, which is going to be really great because they're missing out on, for the most part, what you would normally see for fan money uh, during the, the football season uh, with, with road fans. Uh, so that that's a really big positive. Locally, I think it's going to be a really big positive in terms of, of, of financial benefit. And then it's just another thing, like, man, Nebraska really is irrelevant with all of the other national things it hosts. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I, I really like it. It's a big, it's going to be a big stage, hopefully. You know, obviously we don't know who's in it yet, but it's a big stage for Coach Hoiberg to, you know, to, to bring out the new look Huskers uh, one year into the system uh, with some new guys, some new faces. He's obviously, when he was on Sports Nightly, uh, he, he seemed to be pretty high on the, on the squad. Uh, and so we're we're gonna get a chance to see it against some pretty good competition, and again, like it just especially during this time of of COVID and stuff, you know, I don't know if you always thought of Nebraska, the Med Center and sports, and what a great advantage having the Med Center here uh, would be. I don't think that was something that I really ever associated prior to COVID, um, but at this point, 
man, is having the Nebraska Med Center a huge advantage for Husker Athletics uh, on all levels? Because you can really, to some extent, because of the Med Center, facilitate something like this bubble here in Lincoln. Right. I think it would be super interesting to have a bubble here in Lincoln as a big college basketball junkie myself. I kind of like the idea. I know it's kind of weird. It's kind of odd, but it's it involves. I, oh, man, I would... You don't want to make me lose my mind if we get to Paul in this bubble. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it would be a really, really cool idea. Um, and if it were to happen, I mean, I'm I'm sure, as you said, the community around us would have an advantage, or not an advantage, but make up for that lost revenue that they would have had during football season with hotels and restaurants and all that other stuff. Um, so that could be really good for the city of Lincoln and I just kind of want to go over the field that was going to be in the Myrtle Beach in, uh, Invitational because it was a pretty pretty good Thanksgiving tournament. So the field was Charlotte, Dayton, Loyola, Chicago, Mizzou, Penn, Pittsburgh, and Utah State. So from top to bottom, I mean, that's a pretty solid Thanksgiving tournament. You throw Nebraska in there as well. I mean, Dayton, you saw what they did last year. Obviously, they're not going to be the same without Obi Toppin, um, but they will still be a good team. Loyola, Chicago, making the Final Four a couple years ago. Uh, Mizzou, a Power 5 team. Pitt, a, a Power 5 team. Utah State, a pretty good group of 5 team. Um, Penn, they can up, they can upset. They upset um, Villanova either last year or two years ago. Um, and obviously you got Charlotte. That's probably the odd team out here. But that was a pretty good field. So I'm kind of disappointed that they're not going to be involved in that because I feel like that would have been a great early season test for this squad. But it would be a really cool thing to have a bubble, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. here in Lincoln for college basketball, at least for some of the season. Yeah, yeah, and it's a great way to get things started uh, in what is, you know, it's just everybody's going to have to be flexible, much like the college football season. Um, not everybody has the Nebraska Med Center. Not everybody has a lot of resources, and so sometimes you're going to have – you know, positive cases and have to make postponements. And so everybody's just going to have to be flexible and finding new opponents and scheduling quickly. You know, we're seeing it here at the high school level in, in Nebraska. Uh, teams that are playing, you know, cross state lines or out of class uh, to get a game sometimes if you if you lose an opponent. Um, and so it's going to be good to get things started What what looks like in what will be a fairly stable location here in Lincoln, Nebraska uh, once things get going. Yeah, we also got some volleyball news. The start date for this season came out. I will let Grant handle that as he's been all over that today with the new announcement. Yes, yeah. Well, and that was one thing, you know, that I was really interested in last week uh, is, you know, hey, we got this Big Ten news about football. What what about everything else? (laughs) Does anything change? Uh, And the short answer is no. Uh, (laughs) There are multiple sports here. But we do have dates for uh, everything. Uh, we we have we have the dates for your cross country uh, and and your volleyball um, along with the other fall sports and, and as we look at volleyball you know it's a lot easier to move volleyball to the spring than football you know you can you can do two volleyball seasons in theory in one year because uh, it doesn't take as much of a physical toll and uh, you know to a certain extent I'm okay with it uh, mainly because you know. I would like to go to volleyball games and pack the Devaney Center uh, as much as humanly possible. Uh, so we have the dates for that. Uh, the first day of competition, January the 22nd. And so that one, that that's going to be a great uh, 
first starting date, and then they're targeting the 23rd to the 25th for the Final Four. Now, originally, if you'll remember, that was scheduled to be in Omaha. Uh, and, uh, you know, or if you remember back in 2016 when the Huskers won the title, it was in Omaha as well. That would have been cool to have And it, you know, well, it was insane. And you probably won't be able to put as many people in there. Who knows? You know, six months, a lot of time, as we've seen. Uh, but they had the dates planned out. And again, for a lot of those other fall sports, it's a lot easier to shift that schedule uh, when there's not, you know, the entire 250-pound guys banging on bodies, uh, you know, for three or four months. Yeah, it's great to have volleyball back. I need to learn more about said sport of volleyball. I, I know, I know the rules and everything, but um, I got to become a, a Nebraska volleyball fan, or else I'm going to be left as the odd man out. <laughs> So the main storyline that we're here to talk about today, the 2020 Nebraska football schedule that came out last Saturday as well as, well as the rest of the Big Ten. And we're looking at what many would say, putting this lightly, a tough schedule. Um, there's been lots of stuff in the media about how Nebraska has been quote-unquote whining about said schedule as well, um, which, I mean, I'm not going to... I don't think whining is the correct word to describe what is happening, but obviously there's some unhappy people because, I mean, it's a really hard schedule. Nebraska fought really hard along with Ohio State to get this football season going back up and running, and it was successful. But then to have Nebraska have the schedule that they did end up getting, it's uh, a little bit of a blow to Scott Frost and company, but I'm sure they will find a way to prevail and We'll get this season going. So we're going to go through Nebraska's season first. So it's nine games, technically, uh, if you're including Champions Week. That's to be determined. But we kick it off October 24th at Ohio State. They were 13-1 and last year, undefeated in the conference. Then Wisconsin comes to Lincoln. They were 10-3 and last year, 7-2 and in the conference. Then Nebraska will travel out to Evanston, Illinois, to play Northwestern, who was three and nine last year, one and eight in the Big Ten. Uh, then they will host uh, Penn State on November fourteenth. They were eleven and two, seven and two in conference last year. November twenty-first will be at home against Illinois. They were six and seven and four and five in the conference last year. Then we will go to Iowa on November twenty-eighth. They were ten and three, six and three in the conference last year. That game was very close last year, as we saw. And then Nebraska will. Stay on the road. They will go over to West Lafayette on December 5th to take on Purdue. They were 4-8 and eight last year, 3-6 and six in the Big Ten. And then the final game that we have set so far will be on December 12th at home against last year 11-2 Minnesota. So we got a pretty good schedule. Some kind of fun facts here about this schedule. Five games are against opponents uh, that had 10 or more wins in 2019. Two of them are East opponents, the Ohio State game and the Penn State game. Six out of these eight teams made bowl games in 2019, and the Huskers had a combined 2-5 and five record against opponents that they played in 2019 that appear on the 2020 schedule. The Huskers were 5-7 and seven last year, if anybody forgot, and they were 3-6 and six in the Big Ten. So this is a really tough slate for Coach Frost in his third year, and we're going to go game by game. Um, I will, I guess you'll go first, say what you think about Ohio state, then I'll go and we'll just kind of go down the schedule like that. So Ohio state to open up the season on the road. What do you think? 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, obviously there will be a reduced amount of fans or no fans at all within, uh, well, no fans, I believe, actually, now I think about it, uh, just because of the Big Ten's general regulation. So no no fans uh, at uh, at the horseshoe. Uh, but you remember, even for Nebraska, the last time we made a trip up there, uh, you know, just a few, two years ago, you know, Frost's first year, 36-31. Now, during that time, uh, you know, you had... Uh, you had a different quarterback than Justin Fields. Right. You know, you 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 had Dwayne Haskins, and, and Dwayne Haskins, as good as he was in his college career, to me, at least from what we saw last year in, in what was uh, a forty-eight to seven loss, you know, obviously Fields a lot better, uh, and what we've seen generally on film. But I I you know as I look at these first two games, I personally believe, even though that looking at it right now. I think we're going to lose both. But one of those games is going to be really close. That's just a gut feeling for me. Yeah, I, I agree with the I, – I got the Huskers losing the first two games as well. They're going to lose at Ohio State. I would pick Wisconsin to be the closer game out of those two. Um, no they, – they've lost a lot of players. Um, they've uh, obviously new running back in place. They still got Jack Cohn as their quarterback. He will be entering his senior season this fall. And uh, no Jonathan Taylor, obviously. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to fill that spot up. Obviously, you're not going to replace Jonathan Taylor. But you are going to fill in that spot with probably a semi-decent running back because you're Wisconsin. <laughs> well, so. it really doesn't matter, seemingly, over the last like decade. If it's a, Nebraska, if it's a Wisconsin running back, he's just kind of had his way <laughs> with Nebraska defenses for a long time. Hopefully that changes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you look at at, at the Badgers. No, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Aaron Kirkshank. If you remember from last year's uh, showdown, had a kickoff return touchdown, and he had a really great year. Quentin Cephas, he's also gone. And if it, you know, thirty-seven to twenty-one was that loss at home last year, and that game was a great game for Dedrick Mills. The Huskers, I think, were a little bit more in that game than the than the thing shows. You know, as I look big picture at this year, and I talked a little bit about it last week, um, that offensive line is basically the same from last year. And it's a year older, and I think that's going to help it a lot. I believe you insert Bryce Benhart in there probably uh, at right tackle. But that O-line is going to be the key to the year, in my opinion. Uh, I think two things really hampered Adrian last year. The first being the, the injury. Um you know, just due to Coach Ross's policy, we don't really know what that was and how much that was harming him. And I, in my opinion, I think that was a lot of why he played so poorly. But secondly, you had a center who was consistently snapping the ball over Adrian's head, a lot of high snaps, and you had an offensive line that struggled a lot as well. And I think fixing that problem is going to be key to not only the team's success and the offensive success, but Adrian's as well. So you're going to have that available uh, for the game against Wisconsin. Again, we don't know really how good it is, uh, but you'll have Omar Manning as well. That's different. And remember, Wondell Robinson didn't play last year in that 37-21 loss. So you know, as we look at these first two games, it sucks that you have really probably some of the best competition you could get coming out early. But really for me, I would rather have us be geared up, ready to go, early for some tough games and then be dialed in for the rest of the year than starting off light, even though I've got us losing the first two. 
Yeah, I would agree with that, honestly. Starting off with some heavy hitters, I mean, that's going to make you more mentally and physically prepared going into the season. I mean, starting off against Ohio State's a lot different than South Alabama at home. So this team, hopefully Scott Frost and his coaching staff will have them mentally disciplined coming into this game, and they are probably going to work their tails off in the next 30 or so days that they have remaining until kickoff. That's It may seem far away right now, but that's pretty damn close. So they'll be uh, they'll be really training for those two first games. Obviously, we both got them losing the first two games, but I, I do think the Wisconsin game will be closer than advertised, but obviously Wisconsin's still a really, really good football team. So moving on to game number three at Northwestern, they're supposed to be better than they were last year. Coach Fitzgerald uh, will hopefully get Hunter Johnson for an entire season this time. They finished 3-9 and nine last year, but we've seen in the past Nebraska, Northwestern, you kind of throw everything out the window and say, oh, this is probably going to be a good game no matter how bad or how good these two teams are. So what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, i got to give Nebraska the W here. Uh, you're going to be coming off those two wins – or, sorry, two losses. Uh, you know, if you – in my opinion, you know, as we look at the schedule, you're probably going to lose them both. Um, but let's say you win one, you're one and one, and you're coming off a high of beating one of those two really good teams, or you lost them both and you're desperate. And I think that situation, especially after coming down off the high of playing these two really, really good programs, is going to have Nebraska ready to go for the Wildcats. I got to give them the W here. Um, you know, <laughs> the traveling doesn't really make a difference when you all have no fans it really does not make much of a difference and uh so i i I think that game is going to be the first win of the year um and i still feel pretty confident yeah i would agree with you i think the huskers will win that game as well it will be close but the huskers will beat northwestern for the second year in a row moving to one and two on the season, and the Huskers will come back home to face Penn State, 11-win Penn State from a year ago. Probably Ohio State's biggest threat in the East Division. So how do you think that game's going to go? Nebraska hasn't seen Penn State in quite some time, if not ever. I believe 2012 was the last time they made a trip to Lincoln. I'm going to check that, but I'm pretty sure that is correct. So... It's been a while since we've seen this Penn State team here in Lincoln. So what what do you think, and do you think this game will be close at all? I know we haven't, again, we haven't seen Penn State that much, but they're a consistently good team under James Franklin. So will this be a blowout? Will the Huskers pull out a win here, or what do you think? Yeah, this one's going to be really interesting, and I really don't have a good feel for it. Uh, you know, I think that that Nebraska is probably going to end up losing, um, ju- I mean, just looking at records from last year and, and looking at players, uh, it's they've struggled at times. Uh, Penn State has in the in the past. Once you get into that middle part of, of the season, you know, you look at the Iowa game last year on the road, where they they ended up winning seventeen to twelve, but it was still a lot more competitive. And you know, as you look at at their schedule, uh, this year, um. You know, after things have been like deleted and re- recreated like three times, <laughs> uh, they will be they will be coming off Maryland uh, the week before. So, uh, you know, is there a chance that they overlook these two games in the middle? Possibly, uh, but I think Nebraska is going to be out talented. I think in a certain ways and and match equally with coaching, and, and there you're just going to end up on the losing end of it. Um, 
things might change. I don't know. You know, maybe we get two or three weeks in on this podcast and I start thinking about it a little bit differently. But right now, I've got this one chalked as an L. I agree with you. Huskers starting out 1-3 in 2020. But this second half of the schedule, just kind of looking at both of our predictions, this is where it's going to get a little bit interesting. Go, uh, Illinois will come here on November 21st they were 6 and 7 last year. The Huskers did beat them last year in a shootout 48 or excuse me 42 to 38. So I got them down as a win. I think they're going to beat Illinois and I think it will be hopefully not as high scoring of an affair or let's not get up give up 38 points to Illinois this year. But I think we will beat Illinois and move to 2 and 3. Your thoughts? You know, I I for the most part am right with you on that one. You know, for me, this this is where, as you said, like this is where things get really interesting, um, because Coach Frost and, and his squad, with with what is on the schedule for this final four games, things you could really, really drive, uh, you know, into into the next year, the next hopefully full year of football on a really good hot streak, and uh, so I've got this one as a win. Again, you got to come back to the offensive line, basically returning everybody. Um, again, likely going to insert Bryce Benhart at right tackle. He might see some other changes. Um, and Dedrick Mills, who, if you remember in that Illinois game, he had some fumble struggles early throughout last year. Uh, but then as as we, he had almost a, a divine of Zigbo sort of resurgence towards the back half of the year, and uh, I think he'll probably continue that as we get into 2020. And I think he's going to help out a lot against this Illinois squad. So I, I think look at Diedrich Mills a lot in that game. Yeah, last year it was a come-from-behind victory, too. Uh, the Huskers were trailing a bunch in that game. So they ended up pulling out the win. November 28th, and I know every single Husker fan has this game circled on their calendar, at Iowa. They were 10-3 and last year. The Huskers lost to them on a game-winning field goal that knocked them out of bowl eligibility. This game is flip of a coin for me. I mean, it's 50-50. could go either way. I honestly don't know what to say about this game, but I think the Huskers will beat Iowa this year. I don't know why. It's just I got that feeling that Iowa's been better than us statistically and record-wise the past two seasons. They beat us on game-winning field goals the past two seasons, and I think this year they're finally going to – and the recruiting class, this is this is the wide receiving core. You're going to have Omar yep. Manning. You're going to have Xavier Betts. Both of those guys are going to be on the outside, and then you're going to have Wandale on the slot, and I think Adrian Martinez hopefully will stay healthy the entire year. I know that he had injury struggles last year, but I – I really like that receiving core right there. And obviously, as you said, offensive line, almost everybody's returning, if not everybody's returning. I think Nebraska will win a really tight one against Iowa and uh, move on to Purdue with a two-game win streak. I know you feel similarly about this game. So will they win? Will they lose? How's how's the Iowa game going? I think they're going to pull it out, uh, mainly because law of averages, right? Like we've been flipping a coin seemingly for the last – two to three years ever since you know ever since frost got here and the coin has come up heads after like spinning around on the table for right. like 20 minutes for iowa and uh i i it's gonna be close i know that it's gonna be a gut wrencher it's good i understand that uh but you know you look at the the hawkeyes they lose aj epinesa they lose uh, a couple uh guys in the defensive um the, the defensive backs and then the biggest one i think morgan stanley 
uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, uh, Stanley uh, at quarterback uh, is, is moving on after graduating. He was three and zero against uh, against the Huskers, and um, you know I think that one that that or sorry Nate Stanley. I'm sorry, uh, but I, that's a big one I think to me. And you know Iowa has done a pretty good job reloading with quarterbacks, and quarterback doesn't really matter there for the most part. Uh, but it's going to be a new guy, and he's not going to have much of a preseason to get ready. He's had about four weeks. Uh, I think that's advantage Huskers with a junior quarterback on the other side, uh, and I think that's going to come in big. And this is a huge one. This is a really big one in my opinion for the Huskers because if you win this game, you put yourself in a really good position. Uh, to win out and you gain what will at least be hopefully a three win. I'm previewing my next pick, but a, th- <laughs> a three win win streak going into Minnesota on December the 12th. All right, so yeah, moving on to at Purdue, Huskers trying to get revenge from the past two seasons, trying to beat Purdue for the first time in, I guess, what will be three years this year. So. Losing a heartbreaker back at West Lafayette last year. Game-winning drive with a third-string quarterback, and the Huskers failed to capitalize on multiple opportunities against this Purdue team. They're going back to West Lafayette this year. I got the Huskers winning this game against Purdue. I think they're going to be, if they if they beat Iowa, I think they're going to have a lot of swagger coming into that game. They're going to be really confident with themselves. They're going to say, okay, we're going to go in here just – Get it done. Just grind it out. It doesn't matter how you win. You could win by one point. I don't care. As long as you beat Purdue this year, that is going to be a major stepping stone for this program after beating Iowa, and it'll set them up for a really good opportunity against Minnesota to close out the season. Yeah, December the 5th, you get uh, the Bob Diaco game instead of uh, in September, (laughs) and I will take uh, Bob Diaco defense any day. Uh, I, I have the Huskers here. Again, if they win that Iowa game, like you said, they're going to come into that game, I, I think, uh, well, hopefully with some confidence. And again, uh, I just, I, I think, again, having those bigger-bodied receivers in the offensive line is going to help a lot. And it's, it's going to help Adrian a lot. And so I, I'll take Purdue here um, in a lot of ways because I have to. Um and we'll, we'll roll on into Minnesota for me hopefully on what is a three game win streak. Minnesota December twelfth the Minnesota Mi- Minnesota. A lot of people are doubting them this year. I feel like mm-hmm. lots of people are doubting them. They won eleven games last year, which is arguably the best season in program history. I think it was. Yep. Row the boat. They're coming into town to finish off the regular season. I got this game as sort of a toss-up as well, but I think the Huskers are going to end up on the losing end of it. And I just – I I don't know. There's something about Minnesota that I I fear that we are not going to come out on top against Minnesota. That would put us at a 4-4 four and four record going into Champions Weekend, um, which would be the same weekend as the Big Ten Championship. But – I don't know. It's a it's a flip of a coin. It's gonna it's gonna be like how Iowa has been the past couple of years. I think it's gonna be really really close. But I think Minnesota is just gonna make one more play than the Huskers will. Um, so I got the Huskers finishing four and four in the first eight weeks. Um, and PJ Fleck, who I know is your favorite guy of all time, <laughs> is gonna walk out of Lincoln victorious. 
Sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> we'll have, you know, I think one thing that's really interesting to watch, especially for these last two games, is the opt-in guys. The guys who opted out of the season and are now seeking to opt back in. You know, for the Gophers, uh, it's Richard Bateman. Uh, and, and and for uh, for the Boilermakers, it is uh, Rondell Moore. And these are two of their best or, well, each of these teams, their best receiver, two of the best receivers in the Big Ten. And the interesting thing with Bateman is he's already contacted an agent about getting ready for the NFL season. And so here's where you come into some really weird eligibility things, uh, you know, that could be forgiven because this has been a, obviously a really weird year. But Bateman at this point, by contacting the agent, has crossed the uh, the plane from amateur to professional nice pun and so um you know that creates some interesting legal like ncaa isms that we really don't know what's going to happen because the ncaa is weird you know and uh, so that's going to be something to watch you know obviously we'll probably know by december 12th what's going on um but that's going to be a big factor in that game you have two spread offenses that are likely going to be playing in snow like, this is not, you know, once we get to December 12th, and again, that back yeah. half of the schedule, it's really interesting because... December football. It isn't it isn't going to be bowl Florida weather. It's going to be the middle of Nebraska in December weather. <laughs> and I don't, I, do I know how, how, how well does Minnesota handle that? How well does Nebraska handle that? Both of these teams like to throw the ball around, but last time Nebraska found themselves in a wintry situation it was a nine to three game and they ended up coming out on top of michigan state uh but that's gonna be something to watch i think the huskers are gonna be coming in uh with with a good hot streak and i'm gonna give them the win there against minnesota again gonna be by a hair i have them at five and three you have them at four and four or three and five five and three who knows <laughs> i'm all in the i i'm right with you like it's it's really hard to predict this schedule because there's so many things at play. There's so many unknown variables. Like, for example, even in that for these first, first two games of the year, Nebraska has been able to do more stuff with their football program than Wisconsin has the last few weeks because of, because of athletic director management. How much does that come into? Does it come into play at all? Who knows? And um, so I could see the Huskers being three and five. I could see him being having two wins, five wins. Who knows? Uh, six wins maybe if you count the Champions Week. Uh, it it's gonna be a really weird year, and 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 like I was saying, I I've kind of waited like three to four years. Originally was my wait time before I decided to either bail or not on Frost, and he's getting another pass this year because it's just so weird. Like I I can't I can't honestly hold Coach Frost accountable for what happens this year because of how wacky everything is. Well, yeah, the schedule is so odd. I wrote possibly five and three or three and five. Because they could easily go five and three or five three and five like that, like in in the blink of an eye. It's crazy. So right. they could, as you, they could finish with two wins. They could finish with six wins if you count the champion week. If they could finish with six twen- six wins without the champions week, who knows? So this this schedule just kind of all over the place. In and you know, in that champions week, because they're pairing everybody with their division counterpart in terms of standings, that game that last game is going to be close right. too. So like, I don't know. I really do not know how things are going to end up. And uh, is that exciting? Kind of. Is that also worrying? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm excited because we get to play football. And I, I really hope 
that um, that the frost jump happens this year. Well, we're we're traveling into the void of the unknown of Big Ten and Nebraska football. So there you have it. Grant's got him going five and three, and I got Nebraska going four and four in 2020. And now let's go around the Big Ten. Let's look at a couple of marquee matchups and one big one to start the season. Michigan will go or will host Minnesota. Week one of the college football season, that's a big one. You could look at Indiana and Penn State. That could also be a big one. And we also have the rematch of Wisconsin and Illinois. Illinois pulled the upset off last year. But obviously everybody's looking at that Michigan and Minnesota game. That could have huge, huge Big Ten championship implications. Yeah, it could. And uh, this first week is where I would be aware of two things, upsets and injuries. Uh I really, you really don't know how anybody's going to come out. Like, I, I just, you know, you, you're going to have three or four weeks to practice, but what have you been doing in the last month? Right. And, and so that, I think that's what's going to transition to the most success this year is who's been on the ball just waiting, waiting for that call to say we're going to play. To me, that's Nebraska and Ohio State. Um, and I don't know if Minnesota and and it, sometimes it's it's not necessarily the head coach as much it is as it is upper management, athletic director, and, and other parts of the administration that restrict that uh, or have restricted that. But I I think two teams that like you know have been waiting and have been working are Nebraska and Ohio State. Do we know for sure if anybody else has? I I don't. And Michigan and Minnesota, that game could be ugly. Who knows? Um, but I and I and, and still I could see that one going either way. Is that the one I'll probably be watching if it's not Nebraska and Ohio State on the twenty fourth? Yes, I agree. That that I mean that's probably the biggest game, and I would put the Wisconsin Illinois one there at number two. Right. I yeah the that game is definitely the biggest Minnesota and Michigan. Looking down the schedule, Ohio State will go to Penn State. That'll be a big game in the East. That could decide really early on who's the East champion. I mean, yes. we haven't seen Michigan go to the Big Ten championship, period. So that could decide the East champion. Obviously, you got the Ohio State-Michigan game on December 12th, um, which is the big rivalry game. Um, and you got Penn State will go to Ohio State. We said that. And they will go – or they will host Iowa later in the season, and they will go to Michigan later in the season as well. So those are two big games for Penn State as well. And then lots of eyes are kind of on Indiana out of all teams. They had a pretty decent season last year, good for Indiana standards football-wise. Um, they got a couple of tough games. They open up against Penn State. They have Michigan in Week 3. Um, luckily for them, both of those games are at home, but they go on the road to Ohio State, to Michigan State, and to Wisconsin. So it'll be interesting to see how the Hoosiers do after coming off of a bowling season, which is something we're not used to with the Hoosiers. Yeah, I think that one will be really interesting. Obviously, they got the Huskers here uh, in Lincoln last year. Um, they, they Offensively, they look pretty impressive, and I think that'll be one thing to, to really look at as, as we get into 2020. Yeah, and just looking more around the Big Ten, Northwestern expected to do better than they were last year. Hunter Johnson may play a full season this year, hopefully. Um, they have a couple of tough matchups. They go to Minnesota, they go to Michigan State, and they go to Iowa in Week Two as well. Um, so that they got a couple of tough games going up there. Um, Wisconsin, obviously the favorite in the West. Uh, they will finish up the season at Iowa. They will host Minnesota. 
Um, they will go to Michigan. They will go to Northwestern, which they have have struggled mm-hmm. out in Ryan Field at yep. Evanston, Illinois before. Um, 2018, they came up short against who would eventually be the West champion, the Northwestern Wildcats. So that could also be an interesting game to look at as well. And obviously, all around, it's Big Ten football. You know it's going to be good quality football, really, no matter who's playing at this point. I mean, as you said, we have no idea how anybody's going to come out of the gate besides maybe Nebraska and Ohio State. Like, those are the only two that you could, like, maybe have a solid opinion on about how they're going to play week one. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> they're they're playing each other. So um, it should be a fun season all around in the Big Ten and for Nebraska as well. So I think that will wrap it up for Episode 12 of Husker Sports Weekly. We cover Nebraska ball. Um, don't, don't get me started on Nebraska ball again because <laughs> college basketball junkie over here. We got through volleyball as well, and we went through the entire Nebraska 2020 schedule, and I'm looking forward to that Champions Week. I think it'll be fun. I think it is. It's going to be a really cool thing. I wouldn't. Sp- I would love to have that continue. Other note: SEC's back this week. We got several uh, ranked matchups going as well, and we're just uh, four weeks away. It's I can't wait. It's a short four weeks away. So I really the- hope so. <laughs> so that'll do it for us on episode number 12 of Husker Sports Weekly. Don't forget to search for us on Spotify and Anchor.fm. Just search Husker Sports Weekly in the search bar. And follow us on Twitter at Husker Weekly for weekly updates on Husker Sports and all things Big Ten. So thank you all for listening. And for Grant Hansen in the studio, my name is Connor Clark. We will see you next week, hopefully talking about more Husker Sports news. Go Big Red.